G'day guys and girls and welcome to a very special edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. Bonus bench. Bonus content. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today bud? Not too bad. Yourself? Mate, I'm looking forward to this actually. Me too. We've put a bit of time and effort into this. We've been looking forward to it for some time. So what we want to do is... We all know one of the hardest things to do in a keeper league is to look at some of the younger guys. In the Spoiler league. alert. The bonus content is about keepers. Oh, it is, yeah. You're probably already told by the title of this podcast. But, but I haven't seen a title yet. That is true. Yeah. You haven't seen any of this yet. So basically what we want to do is we wanted to take some of the younger players in the league, you know, and we, we set that age at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So the oldest these players could be is 22, and we wanted to rank them. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that they were, uh, we wanted to make sure that we created a list that we felt was pretty even amongst midfielders, defenders, rucks, forwards, you know. A little bit of everything. Exactly. There's a little bit of everything. There's a little bit of all ages as well, from 18 through to 22. Um, and we just wanted to, you know, see which ones were best. <laughs> and, and, we, and we put our lists together where we created singly. They were very different. Very, very different. We had, we had a, a few... Uh, a few laughs, a few arguments, and put one together that we both feel pretty confident in. So, so, so just quickly, off your original list, yes. how many made it to the final list? I think I had about 12, maybe. Because what we've done is we've made a list of the top 20 yeah. under 22 as well. So, so I've got 11 of my 20 made it to the yeah, final list. So that, our lists were very different, weren't they? Different. Yeah, so... We're looking forward to this. Just before we start running through the list, we want to give a couple of our honourable mentions, some guys that yes. fell off of both of our lists that we really, really wanted to just mention to you. Yeah. Because they are... We would have loved to have them on there, but they just couldn't We couldn't fit them in. in. Couldn't quite fit them in. So I've got a couple of guys here, and then you've got a couple of guys. Yes. Uh, my first one is Ryan Burton, who is still a very young player. Now, uh, Ryan Burton, the reason we couldn't fit him onto the list, list is just the... You know, the issues around his role at the moment. He's just not playing in that rebounding role. And I am kind of worried about what Alistair Clarkson sees for his footy future because he did the same thing with Taylor DeRay, if we all remember that, after he looked very, very good for a couple of years in a rebounding defender role. So I feel like Burton is just a... No slight on Taylor Duray. Oh, but please, he's a class he's above. A better he's a much Duray. better player than Taylor Duray. But at the same point, I'm still a little bit worried. So he didn't yeah. make it onto our top 20. And I've also got Connor Blakely as an honourable mention, which yes. a lot of people will sort of be thinking, well, how did he not make it onto the top 20? You'll see in a few minutes. Yes. But Connor Blakely, what worries me is he's playing in defence a lot now and he's not quite making enough to make him a, you know, screaming out loud, you know, I'm a, I'm a great me. defender, you must own me. Mm. Um, and when he's playing in the midfield, he's not playing, he's not scoring enough in the midfield to say, you know, mm. if I was a midfielder in fantasy, you have to pick me up. He's just a little bit too far back in the pecking order there. Exactly. So, and he, he just doesn't have quite as much promise as some of these other guys as well that we want to run through. So... There was a lot of arguments, though, when we were making this list. Was, yes. Who were a couple of your honourable mentions? All right. Uh, number one, Huma Cluggage. Huma Cluggage. That's it, which is a big name not to be in the 20. Yeah, because he's a young, a really young player. He's got a lot of promise and he's shown a bit this year as well. Yeah, so drafted in 2016, he's played 30 games. Mm. He's sort of been solid without being spectacular so far. But yep. just this year, you've started to see a few signs of him accumulating a little bit more of the ball. He's a class user, quick hands, quick feet, composure. It's more just the the accumulation and building the frame to be able to play midfield. So mm-hmm. it, for him, it's more a case of he's not quite at the stage we want him to be yet, and that's why he's just slipped down the pet. And he's, bit. he's in a bad team at the moment as well, to be honest. Hurt. So it doesn't help, no. It's, it's not going to really help his development too quickly in there. Um, My second one. second one. A personal favourite of mine. Zach oh, Fisher. Yeah, Zach Fisher. He's a personal favourite of the podcast. I Don't forget, we love, we, Zach we love the look of Zach Fisher. So, again, also drafted 2016. He's mm-hmm. played 29 games. Yeah. Um, he's actually averaging more than Hugh McCluggage is this year. Yeah. He, well, he's in done an equally well. terrible team. He's and done, possibly a worse team. Oh, yeah, that's tough. But he's done very well, Zach Fisher. And the only thing about Zach Fisher is I can see there being a ceiling somewhat on his scoring. Yeah. So for me, I'll go through what I like about him, of course, very quickly. Very clean hands. Mm. One touch, particularly below his knees. Mm -hmm. Very clean, very fast when he gets the ball. Loves to run and carry it, break away from packs. Um, 
so for me, the question is, yes, he can rack up the ball. Yeah. Can he do it enough? Because he is very small. Mm. So he's going to struggle to get contested marks. He's going to struggle to lay a lot of tackles in his career. Yeah. So he's going to have to, from a fantasy perspective, score by accumulation. Yeah, so he's going to be an outside player, you would suggest. Yeah. And he is, he is a good outside player he as well. He is very good. How much, how consistently are Colton going to be able to get the ball into his hands, though, at the moment? Yeah. It's tough. Uh, but I really like him. A lot of great players got squeezed out of this list. So, like I said, this is a top 20 list of the players under 22 that we think are perfect for keeper leagues. So, yeah. And we should put the disclaimer on, obviously, this is our opinion. Mm, absolutely. You may differ very much in your opinion. That's too bad. We're the ones doing the podcast. <laughs> and let us know. Hell, get, hit us up on yeah. Twitter, Extended Bench AU. Let us know what you think. If we got it right, if we uh, if we need to change a few positions, we've got someone. We'd love to have a chat about it. We've so, got a lot more honourable mentions, but we'd be here all day. Exactly. So we'll jump into it. We want to jump right into the list now. Number twenty. We're going back to front. Uh, Jacob Hopper got squeezed all the way down to number twenty. Now, yes. Hopper. Hopper is a personal favourite of mine, and he's. After those a couple of amazing games in his first few, uh, he's fallen off somewhat. Yeah. But you've got some stats on him there. I do. So he was drafted 2015. Mm-hmm. He's a centre only in ultimate footy. Yep. Um, I should clarify any positions that we give ultimate footy because that's where we do our keepers. Always the way, absolutely. So he's played 28 games so far in his career. Um, this year, 10 games averaging 78.9. Mm-hmm. Last year, 10 games, 65.5. So in his last two years, 20 games... Yeah, you can see a bit of progression there in his scoring, but not quite to the level that we would want for a young midfielder no. yet. Now, next year, I can honestly see him possibly picking up forward status as well because he has spent a little bit of time up forward. Yeah. He's in a very packed Giants team. There are a lot of great midfielders there. He is a pure midfielder by nature, though. Yes. Yeah, and I think going forward in his career, mm-hmm. he will be predominantly midfield and he needs to be there to get the most out yeah, of his body. Exactly. I was very surprised when he re-signed, actually, uh, yeah, at GWS. I, I, thought, he, I yeah. thought he might have moved on because there are opportunities at other clubs and he could have been a pure centre. Now, this might help his development, playing at a great team and mm-hmm. getting just that little bit of a taste inside. But you can just see the tools are there for Jacob Hopper. He's got the yeah. ability to find the ball. He's got that big frame as well. Yeah. Um, and when they do throw him in the middle as well, you, you'll notice for patches in games... He gets his hand on the ball very quickly. He's he's one of the first to it. Yeah. I remember his debut game mm. was incredible. He was everywhere. Yeah. Got so much of the ball, marked, tackled, everything. So for me, the big question mark on him, even taking into account the uh, the role in his team and job security and mm-hmm. all that, he's had a lot of injuries in yes. a three year career so far. Mm-hmm. So his body is a little bit of a concern for me. Hopefully it's just growing pains and he works his way through it. It's why he got pushed down this list, but if he can put that all together, his ability that he has, he could be one of the top midfielders in the next five years. I absolutely can see that happening. Um, yeah. Number 19 was a uh, forward, Charlie Kurnow. Yes. So yeah. Charlie. We love big Charlie around here. Drafted 2015, he's played 37 games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Last two years, uh, this year 10 games for 77 Last year, 21 games for 71.2. Now, Charlie's obviously a big unit. He's a he's a really good contested marker already for his age, but he's yeah. also really great on the lead. He's an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a perma forward, which you've got to love in a keeper league because, yeah. you know, with a lot of these midfield forward types, they can gain and lose forward status or defender status very quickly, and it can throw your team into disarray. I could see it potentially happening the other way for him. You reckon? I could see him... Every now and again, maybe getting midfield status thrown in because I can see him playing up the ground a little bit more oh, in see. certain stages yep. of his career. Uh, but he will never lose forward <laughs> He'll be status. A he's, forward. he's never going to be a perma mid, but he may go through the mid a teeny bit more, maybe get a few more points through there. I love what he can bring to your fantasy team. He's, I mean, when Colton get better, as they start to progress a bit more, they'll get the ball down there a lot more, a lot quicker. And, and in a much more favourable position for Exactly. Him. So Charlie Kurnow, for me, is going to be one of the better fantasy forwards he's going already, ahead. Already great at getting the plus sixes on the wing when he leads up. Absolutely. And he's, like you said, strong mark, strong contested mark, good kick at goal as well. Mm. Um, I think he's got all the tools to be a great forward. For me, the issue is, what's his scoring ceiling going to be like from regular high-scoring yeah. consistency. I'm just not 100% on that yet. Yeah. Is he going to become a forward like a, a Buddy Franklin scoring forward or yeah. even like back in uh, two, three years ago, Josh Kennedy sort of scoring forward? Yeah. Or is he just going to be more of a middle-tier power forward? Yeah. Um, I guess the positive signs 
even this year, where Carlton are not doing well, true, he's quite consistently getting high seventies, low eighties as mm-hmm. a lead up forward, which is really impressive for which a guy in his third year. Impressive for a young kid, and also you know you can see him progressing from there. So yeah. he's going to be a great player. Now number eighteen. Now this is a guy that we've talked about a fair bit on the podcast this year. Yeah, from Fremantle, Ed Langdon. So he is just 22, so he just sneaked his way out. Now, currently a centre forward, Mm -hmm. 37 games, 12 this year for 92.3, which is a huge jump from last year, where he played 10 games for Mm 67.6. Now, the reason he made his way onto this list was not only is he young, but he looks terrific this year. Now, he, uh, I cannot see him going backwards from here, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the best things about playing Fremantle is you are not going to be tagged as an outside player when you have to contest with players like Nat Fife, uh, you know, uh, obviously Neil, 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 Hill, Hill. Hill. (laughs) um, And in the future, you'll also have Chera and Brayshaw going through there as well. So uh, those are players which will have to be looked at. But Ed Langdon will be racking it up for a lot of his career. He'll float in and out, probably of forward status. Yeah, he'll, he won't be a forward next year. He'll no. be a centre only. He'll be because a he, mid. He's a hard-running outside winger, basically. Mm-hmm. But I can see him going up to you know somewhere around about averaging close to 100 next year. He is a very, very good young player. He knows where to find the ball. And they also like it in his hands because he has a lot of run and go. Yeah, he, he's not the best user of the ball. Not, not overly. But he's a perfect Ross Lyon foot soldier. Yes. Um, and, you know, that youth is on his side there, obviously, with all of these guys. But that massive progression from 67-odd to 92. That's crazy. He's, he's just a really good young player. 25-point jump in a year. Yeah, I couldn't leave him off of this list. Yeah. I, and his ceiling. Yeah. We've he's, seen this year his ceiling is great. He's, he's had some really big scores. Big ceiling. I, I just I, I can't say enough about Ed Langdon. If you're lucky enough for him to have slipped into your team because he was on a lot of waiver wires at the start of this yeah. year, that's fantastic. If he's somehow available still in your keeper league, I doubt he will be, but just go out and grab him, please. Please. If any of these guys actually are on your keeper league waiver wires, you need to have them in your team. Um, all right, number 17 from Sydney Swans, Callum Mills. Now... This guy, let's get some stats from Callum just quickly. Callum Mills, drafted 2015, backman only this year. Actually, is he a backman centre? I think he's just a backman. Yeah, he's just a backman, I'm pretty sure. 51 games played. Um, This year, he is averaging 74.2 off nine games. The year before, so last year, 69.4 off 22 games. The year before that, so his debut year, mm-hmm. 73.1 off 20 games. So he actually has gone backwards in his second year yeah. and then jumped back up to around about where he was when he debuted. Yeah, I like it. Um, so the little worry about me with Callum Mills, because a lot of people maybe last year and the year before would have predicted Callum to be much higher on this sort of list by now. Yeah. He has plateaued just a little bit. We were talking yeah. about that when we were combining these lists. Uh but one of the things that really is plays into his favour, Jared McVeigh isn't going to be around forever. Yes. I think Callum Mills will keep defensive status for at least the next few years. I agree. I think he's a good user of halfback. They like it in his hands, mm-hmm. particularly with McVeigh uh, retiring sometime soon. As you said, I think he's the... Uh, natural is it heir apparent for that role so if uh, if anyone's going to be getting it that's going to be Callum Mills this injury as well is really unfortunate it has pushed him further down the list yeah. because he could be significantly higher because having someone who you know is going to be a defender for a little while uh, for at least a few years Gold. plus has an ability to score well you know I mean his underage uh, games they were terrific so yeah. Callum Mills we, we rate him really high he's fallen down a little bit but he's still an incredible player to have in keepers uh, number 16. Now, this one uh, was a little bit from left field because he mm. hadn't played a super amount of footy, but I just like what I can see from him. So this is Sean Darcy from the Fremantle yes. Football Club. Ruckman from Freo. He's only played the eight games mm-hmm. last year for an average of 83.6, which is actually incredible. Oh, my God. First year Ruckman, 83.6. 83.6. Across eight games. So it's not just one or two good no. games. He tackled. He, he actually got a fair bit of the ball around the ground. He yep. was half decent. He was like Sanderlands in that you could pl- you can't pl- move him. Yeah, exactly. You pop him in the goal square, he'll take a mark. Yeah. And he was getting a ton of hit outs as well. I remember one game too. He has a booming foot on him as well. Mm. He kicked a massive goal from outside 50. Now, we, we've already said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago what we think about Aaron Sanderlands in Fremantle. I personally am of the opinion that he should either retire or move clubs at the end of the year. Not because he isn't a great player, and he is one of the greats. Yep. The modern greats, 
but because Fremantle need to start blooding those young guys, and Sean Darcy should be their number one rusher when be. he is fit, because obviously he's injured at the moment. Yes. Um, now, because of that, how much he's shown at such a young age, how much development he still has in him, mm. and how much uh, you know the fact how, that he will be a number one ruckman, and how difficult it is to find good young ruckman for a that, league, and that's a big thing. Like we we were talking uh, prior to this podcast and saying, look, you've obviously got players like Steph Martin, Todd Goldstein, who were who are the veterans at the moment at yeah. the top. Um, you've got Grundy, Gorm, those sorts of players around 25, 26 who yeah. are. They're going to be really good for a few years for still. For a few more years still, and they're going to be like the top Rockman. Yep. Who's the next in line? It's really hard to sort of tell. A lot of sort of journeyman type guys. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really you hard. You have Wits up there somewhere. Yeah, but even he's sort of middle-aged. Yeah. Middle it drops away a lot. And then the youngsters, yeah. there's, there's not too not many. many. So you want to try and find that you know diamond in the rough. And we reckon Sean Darcy, because he's the heir apparent to the number one rock slot, Absolutely a diamond. So, yep. love what he can do. Now, number 15 from Gold Coast, Ben Ainsworth. Yes. We've got a bit of a soft spot in our hearts for Ben Ainsworth. We were really high on him in his draft year. So, let's uh, check some stats on yep. him. So, centre forward for the Suns, drafted 2016, 25 games. Um, last year, averaged 64.4 off 12 games. Year before that, 59.6 off 13 games. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, that's this year and last year, not yep. So, he's averaging, what, 69 this year, is uh, 65. 65. So he had that poor start to the year where he was played mostly as a forward, but they really pushed him more up into the midfield and he really started to show something. Just in the last few weeks. Exactly. Getting some scores in the 90s, some scores in the 80s recently, and the Gold Coast have been really poor in those games. He's one of the few Gold Coast players who've really shown something. And yeah, he's a good user. Great he's user. clever, mm-hmm. thinks of things and does things that a lot of players can't Reads do. Reads the play very well. He does. For me, the question mark is what his role is going to be long-term. Because he was drafted as a small forward, Mm -hmm. not as a a midfielder, even though he will have stints on ball throughout his career. And you know next year he is still going to be a forward because he played enough there at the start of the year, I would suggest. So when you look at his heat map at the end of the year, champion data should go, right, he's got a a decent mix, we'll keep forward status. Yeah. So I'm just not 100% sure, though, across the length of his career, where his main position is going to be. Yeah, I get that. If it's forward, small forwards don't historically score particularly well. No, there's, there haven't been a massive list. I mean, maybe like Alan Didak way back in the day sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, They'll have a good year or two every yeah. now and again. But yeah. unless they're playing consistent midfield minutes mm. and two or three weeks that we've just seen mm-hmm. isn't enough to say that that's going to be him consistently moving forward. I hope it is yeah, because I enjoy watching him play through the midfield, but there's so much positives for him. It really comes down to a role for him, yeah. and that's all dependent on Gold Coast as a club. So he's got all the tools there, and I would absolutely want him in my keeper side, yeah. and I still rank him just above some of those other guys, but it really just depends on what Gold Coast decide to do with him. Mm-hmm. That's the risk you take there with Ben Ainsworth. Uh, number 14, now bring, this goes back a little bit to, uh, to Sean Darcy, yeah, another Ruckman, Tim English. Yes. Now, the, uh, I know some people will be going, why would you rank Tim English above Sean Darcy? Let's just get some numbers quickly from Tim English. Yep. So Ruck forward, nine games played. Last year, he played two games for 35 points. Uh, this year, seven games for 67.6. Now, I absolutely <laughs> loved at the start of this year what he brought to the Bulldogs' side. Now, he was absolutely showing that he should, in the future, be their number one Ruckman. There's no question about that. I mean, basically, Tom Boyd, Jared Ruffhead, uh, not Jared Ruffhead, Jordan Ruffhead, um, to an extent, uh, what's the, the new guy they brought in from um, uh, Port Adelaide? Uh, Trangrove? Yes. Um, have all, they're just stopgap measures. Yeah, Boyd is in the Ruckman. Uh, you know, Ruffhead is not a Ruckman, a pure Ruckman. They're waiting for someone else to come along. This is that guy. Yeah. Now, he's young and his body isn't quite at the stage to play full-time rock yet. Which is why it's broken down. You know, he had a couple of brilliant scores, a couple of hundreds in there even actually as well. But his body broke down a little bit, which it will do playing in that sort of position. When he hits about 22, 23, 24, he is going to be a much bigger unit. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about him, which just puts him ahead of Sean Darcy, he's a great user of the ball. Mm. And he knows how to find it a lot more as well. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, if you've listened to any sort of 
um, recruitment information on him, you know that he was a midfielder mm. and then grew some ridiculous amount in his very <laughs> last underage year, which turned him into a Rockman. So yeah. he plays like a midfielder. And he is a, he's a pretty good tap Rockman as well, to be he honest. Is, yeah, but he's a good runner. He accumulates mm. the ball. He uses it well. Um, dare I say, Dean Cox-esque. I mean, to be honest, if you were to ask... at a younger age. If you, yeah, if you were to ask me what, these two, uh, what the two Rockmen we've chosen so far... Uh, sort of remind me of it's Dean Cox for Tim English and a younger Aaron Sanderlands for Sean Darcy um, he's just a, um, who's a massive unit who can clunk a good mark get a little bit of it tackles half decently around the contested area um, and can tap like wins 80% of the tap yeah, out or I mean, something he looks a little bit angrier than Sanderlands though he does. so could you <laughs> almost say Mumford is maybe maybe even Mumford yeah because he does tackle a little bit more but I mean, Dean Cox absolutely is a yeah. good comparison for Tim English. I don't like doling that out easily either because he's also one of the modern greats. But, I mean, there's just something extra there about yeah. Tim English. So that's what pushed him up this list. Uh, number 13, and I think this is probably our youngest player on the list, maybe. I suspect so. Um, from the Brisbane Lions, Cam Rayner. <laughs> so, yes, so centre forward from Brisbane, drafted last year. He's played only 12 games this year for mm. 55.3. Very slow start to the year. Absolutely. But in the last month or so, he started really to really show something. what he can do. Now, I, you know, I mean, we were just talking about player comparisons a second ago. I've never been a huge fan of them. <laughs> but if there was ever a player to compare to Dustin Martin, it's this player. Yeah. And in a good way, not a current Dustin Martin averaging 75 <laughs> sort of way. A no. Brownlow medal year averaging sort of way. Like, Cam Rayner could be the best player in the competition in five years. I have no doubt about yeah. that. Strong, powerful Game now, uh, yep. skills. He's actually a very skilled player. Good shot at goal as well. He's got a yep. great set shot. I mean, and he just... A little bit of mongrel there as well. There is. He uh, <laughs> ticks every box except for um, his tank at yes. the moment. So that's what he needs to build. Very similar to a young Dusty. Mm-hmm. So his midfield centre switch will sort of grow over the time, yep. over the years, until he's playing predominantly in this So field. you would probably assume, uh, similar to Dusty, that he loses his forward status around about age 23, 24, something like yeah, that. Probably. But by that time, he's going to be scoring through the roof. He's going to be one of the best forwards by that point. Absolutely. The reason he's slipped further down, despite all these accolades we're giving him right he's now... He's not seen enough yet. Exactly. Anything can't... could happen. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys who were t- drafted last year that you could go, right, he's... Like, he has all the attributes, but we just haven't seen enough at AFL level just yet. Um, All right, number 12 from the Demons is Christian Petrarca. Now, he's a player that I know a lot of people have been looking at for a couple of years now. So let's get some stats on Petrarca. Centre forward from the Demons, drafted 2014. He's played 50 games. Mm -hmm. This year, he has played 11, averaging 76.5. Last year... 22 games for an average of 71. Mm. So he has had that slower progression, but he is progressing up slightly in what he can do for fantasy players. Another guy that has needed to build his tank over time. Absolutely. So what what I really like about Christian Petrarca is because the Demons are such a good side, he is going to get a lot of the ball down forward for a number of years. He's going to keep forward... For a long time. And that's the other thing. He's not losing forward status. He is going to play a decent, you know, almost 50-50 split between midfield and forward. Yeah. Uh, We actually went and saw a a Demons game live over at Eddie had recently. And, you know, you could quite often see when he switched to the midfield and forward line. He's very noticeable. Very talented player. They want the ball in his hands. Yeah. When he's for, when he's forward, he's a good mark overhead. He's powerful. Mm-hmm. He can push off. He can take contested marks. He's a good kick. When he's in the midfield, he can accumulate it. He can burst through packs. Yeah. He ticks all the boxes there. Yeah. Just good player, and I think he's going to have a good role in a good team. Yeah, exactly. And those are all ticks. Um, the uh, what, what the downside, I, I guess. Mm. Does he get enough of it? That's that's the other thing. I mean, he has plateaued just a little bit. You would have thought maybe he could push up from 71 to maybe an 80s sort of average yep. this year. Yep. But sometimes it does take, as players build their tank, a little bit longer. So if he averages 77 or 78 this year, maybe he averages mid-80s the next year and he really starts pushing up towards those elite numbers the year after, which is exactly what you want in a keeper forward. That I mean, that's huge. Um, so yeah, I think we'll move on from Petrarca and go to number 11, which is another younger guy. He's not quite from last year's draft, but Andrew McGrath. So Beckman from Essendon, drafted 2016, he's played 30 games. Mm-hmm. 
10 this year for 68.9 and 20 last year for 70.5. So his scoring has gone back slightly. Second year blues. Second year blues. It it's happens all the time. So, and, and players are paying more attention to him. Uh, coaches are. He's a good user of the ball. Exactly. Now, what I like about McGrath is, while yes, he has been playing more midfield time, he should keep defensive status for some time because he's such a good user and Essendon do are very midfield heavy at the moment. While they might not be the best of midfields... There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I mean, you've got Devin Smith going through there, obviously Dyson Heppel, Darcy Parrish is coming through at some stage. Don't the package. Uh, the, the Jake Stringer. <laughs> um, you've got Zaharakis in there. You know, there's a lot of midfield depth. Yeah. Um, obviously, Guelphy, uh, you know, players um, in that, Clark, much, you know, a yeah, lot Langford, the list goes on and on, yeah, basically. Uh, and they don't have a lot of clean distributors out of the back line. I mean, Connor McKenna and Adam Saad are perfect for run and carry, yeah. but they're not the best kicks in the league. No. So um, Goddard is the accurate kicking distributor mm-hmm. on halfback. And he's not going to be around forever. We think that uh, Andrew McGrath is the perfect replacement for Goddard. Yeah. So when Goddard retires, he will play even more so in defence. And I think that after this second year blues, he will start to blossom next year and the year after. Yeah. He's another guy um, that you really like. Clean, he's got clean hands, mm. good kick, um, yeah, yeah, a lot t- of upside. He ticks a lot of boxes. There's not a lot of downside with McGrath because yeah, I mean yeah, you can say the scoring's gone down this year, but that happens to so many first uh, second year players. Yes, yeah. yeah. and he's got a good tank. Exactly. So he runs games out really well. Mm. All right, uh, so that was number 11. We're halfway halfway through the list. So number 10, uh, now Fremantle player. Now this one may surprise people how high he is over some of the other guys. But there are reasons. Okay, so number 10 is Luke Ryan. Yes. Luke Ryan for Frio. Give us some stats on him. So Backman from Frio, Mm. drafted 2016. He's played 24 games. This year he is averaging 86.5 off 13 games. Last year... 75.3 75.3 off 11 games. Now, not only do I like that progression, yes, because that was his debut year last it year. Was, yes. He was a mid, uh, uh, yep. so 11 point jump um, from a mature mm-hmm. age. Pick mature age, that's the word I was looking for. So, he, what I love about Luke Ryan is he is never losing defensive status. That's his role. He is a small intercept yeah. marking defender who's like, I mean, I know he doesn't play the same role, but it's just like uh, Michael Johnson used to for uh, for Freeman yeah. years ago, where he was always the guy in the back pocket getting the plus sixes. Yeah, he gets a lot of plus sixes. Every and he's not week. the worst distributor. No. He's not the best going around, but he's not too shabby. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those things that I love about him is the consistency that you'll get from him over the next, like, five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, and the just the knowledge that you're never going to lose that defender. It's never going to throw your team uh, structure into disarray. Yeah, of going, oh, shit, I've got to find another defender now. Yeah, and he can keep getting better as well. I mean, he's uh, he actually had a poorer start to the year, and yeah. he's coming home with some really big scores. So yeah. that average might be closer to 92, 91 by the end of this the year. The longer he's in the AFL system and learns what he needs to do to succeed, mm-hmm. gets some more confidence in himself, he will continue to improve. I don't think he's going to be one of those top echelon scorers, but he's going to be a really handy um, draft yeah. defender. He, I mean, he could be somewhere like, uh, you know, averaging 95 to 100 somewhere for a long period of his career. Um, the reason we have him over Andrew McGrath in the side, because that's, mm-hmm. that, that is one question that might be thrown up, yeah. uh, is just the fact that, yeah, while we think Andrew McGrath should keep his defensive status... It is likely that for a few years at a time, he does go into the midfield, loses that status, and that is a big thing to lose. Because if you're averaging only just under 100 as a defender, it's fantastic. Yeah. If you're averaging that as a midfielder, it's middle tier at best. Exactly, yeah. And when we're likening McGrath to Goddard, mm. that's one of the risks that Goddard has sort of had over those last five, Absolutely. six years. I mean, Goddard's been an elite player uh, in the AFL, but also for fantasies at certain years. Yeah. So... Uh, that's why we love Luke Ryan. So we'll move on to number nine from GWS. This is another young gun one from of my last personal year. favorites. I know one of yours and one of mine as well. Tim Taranto. Um, give us just give yes. us some centre forward from the Giants. Drafted two thousand and sixteen. I'm actually surprised he's only played twenty four games. Oh, he's a young player. Young. So this year, eighty nine point three off twelve games. Cool. I'm looking at the right one. I am. Last year, 61.4 off 12 games. So that's almost 
Jeez, uh, what, what is it's that an increase of? It's a 28 point increase. Close to 30 points. Uh, yeah, A, that's incredible. We, we <laughs> always knew that he had talent uh, and he has the ability to go through the midfield and play on a wing. He showed that at underage level. Yeah. Uh, it's just whether or not he has the uh, the role opportunities. Actually, what he showed at underage level wasn't playing on a wing. It was playing inside mid. Oh, apologies. With really yeah. clean hands. Apologies. Which is yeah. even better. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, thinking of another player there. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Tim Taranto... Has an ability to find the ball. He has an ability to free himself up, which not a lot of players, and get into the dangerous space when he's yeah. playing through the midfield. Yeah. He is elite overhead, mm-hmm. um, good spring, good hands, good skills. Uh, good he's, skills. He's a good all-round player, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know they've got a lot of these sort of players, GWS, but he really does kind of remind me of Stephen Cornelio when he first came through. Like Stephen Cornelio mm-hmm. is good at a lot of things. But Tim Taranto is probably better overhead. And yeah, I, I don't think they're similar players oh, at all. Oh, you don't? Oh, no, see, I, I think Taranto's much better. Yeah, I ooh. think Cornelio's tougher. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taranto's not soft oh, by any no, measure. No, 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 He's no, no. tough. But yeah. I think Cornelio's tougher, but I think Taranto's better. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, we're both Cornelio fans going a long way back, even yeah. though he's a Swan Districts days. Yes. Uh, but, so uh, now, something that people may say is, but Taranto had that month and a half where he was playing sole midfield this year. That's unofficially it's inflating his scores. Yeah. So to which I say, yes, very true. You're seeing a guy in his second year and what he can do with midfield minutes. Jeez. Imagine when he's in his fourth, fifth, sixth year and he's got those midfield a minutes. A second year player who was averaging almost or just over 100 for a period of a year was incredible. I mean, he was a massive cash cow in salary cap leagues. Yeah. He's just given you a glimpse of what he can do in the future for keeper league owners. Hold on to him for dear life. And, and if if they are a bit worried about this role, mm. go out and try and get Taranto off of them. You know, if they're saying, oh, he might be a pure forward and average 60 for years and years, he's not going to no. do that. I reckon he's going to be a centre forward for at a least, little while. At least a couple of years because they do have a lot of great midfielders. Once back on the park. But at some stage, they're going to move him into the midfield and it is going cool. to be huge. Yep. Um, so really good to see. We love Tim Taranto around here. All right, number eight. From Melbourne, we've got Angus Brayshaw. Now, yes. we know what sort of prolific scores he can put on the park. And obviously, I know the thinking, he had that amazing, you know, three games of very recently to us yes. doing this podcast. Is that overinflating it? While it's not overinflating <laughs> it, it is in the back of our heads because that's what he can do. Yeah, so... A centre-back this year for the Demons, drafted 2014. He's played 35 games. Obviously, he's missed a lot with the concussion issues. Yep. He is a back this year because of those concussion issues mm-hmm. because they gave him a few games last year towards the tail end of the year at half-back just to ease him back in. Yep. He's not going to be a back ever again in his career. Absolutely He is not. a pure midfielder. He is a midfielder. And when he is in the midfield like he has been over the past month or two in the AFL... This is what he can he do. Gets the ball. Those numbers, he can put that up very regularly. Yeah. So he's averaging ninety three point one this year off nine games, seventy seven point two last year off five games. Um, Look, and he just—he's another midfielder that ticks most boxes. Mm-hmm. He—he's uh, just one of the and a tough midfielder as well. I know the thing that's holding him back from being higher on this list are those concussion issues. Yeah. Because, you know, if he gets another concussion or two, that can really damage a career, if not yep. end it prematurely. Yeah. So there is a bit of a risk factor there, but we know what he can do when he's on the park. Yeah. I, I have massive reps on him. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it just seeing what he could do for parts of this year, it's not hard to see why we've ranked him this highly, but you do have to keep in mind some of those risks. And I guess the other thing too is he's playing in a good team that was on fire when he was scoring yep. really well. Mm-hmm. And he was riding that a little bit. He was contributing, but he was also riding the wave a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, when things get a bit tougher... The scoring might go down slightly. Might go down but I, can, bit, but I, I can't see... If he's fit and firing as a midfielder, I can't see him averaging any less than 105. I just I can't see that happening. Yeah. So when he's you know in the, in the prime of his career, yeah. 24, 25, yeah. that sort of yeah, thing. I agree. Um, obviously, it's not going to happen next week or next year. But in the next few years, that's what you've got to look at for keeper leagues. Yep. Uh, so we'll move on to number seven. Now, this is a guy that's really jumped up the list. Really yes. jumped up the list. Um, and it's because of what he's put in recently. We think he can carry that forward. So that's Jordan Degoe from Collingwood. Centre forward from the Pies. Drafted 2014. He's played 59 games. 
This year, he is averaging 79.9 off nine games. Mm-hmm. Last year, 79.5 off 14 games. So pretty similar average at this stage. Very, very similar. Now, he did have a few poorer games at the start of this year, Jordan Bagoe. Yeah. Obviously, we all know the sorts of you know trials and tribulations that he's been through at the, uh, over his short career so far. But we knew he had talent. <laughs> when in full flight, he is dominant. Yeah. He's the the other brilliant thing about it, and we've said this for a few of the other players, is Collingwood are such a stacked team in the midfield mm. that he is not losing that forward status for some time. He is still going to be playing up forward, but he's also going to make more and more contributions through the mid. Yeah, they will gradually grow him through the midfield while they phase out some of those older guys. Yeah, <clears throat> but for the time being, you're going to get to enjoy dual position player <clears throat> in a fantasy friendly team. Kicking goals, winning the ball. Oh, it, it, yeah. Watching him in full flight is, if he wasn't playing for Collingwood, I, mean, <laughs> I think we all know out there that Collingwood is everyone's, you know, apart from Collingwood fans, <laughs> team that they hate. Um, if he was playing for any other team, he would be beloved by almost all the competition. But it's just holding you back, John, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. No, he, I mean, he's a great player. And going forward... He is going to be a bull in the midfield as well. Absolutely. Another guy that's really strong and powerful in the contest. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah. I can't can't speak too much. And more strong overhead. That's the other thing. It's actually, I didn't realise it until just now, a lot of these guys are strong inside, strong overhead. Mm. They can play multiple roles. They can burst through packs. They mm-hmm. can accumulate the ball. We've got a lot of very similar players here. We, we yeah. do. But, I mean, there's a reason for that. That's the modern fantasy player. That's... Yeah. That's who is going to be getting a lot of the ball. They're going to be in and under, but they also can go forward and kick some goals. Yeah. Uh, but because they're so good in the midfield, they're not going to be going forward too much. Yeah, so yeah. the points are in the midfield generally. Uh, number six is uh, another younger player. This is Alex Witherden from the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, so another back uh, from the Lions. 2016, he was drafted. He's played 21 games. Mm-hmm. 12 this year for an average of 86.8, and 9 last year for an average of 88.4. Those are really high numbers to start a career. I mean, you'd say he had an amazing first year last year, and I thought he's going to have a second-year blues this year, and it's going to be... And I know that he's sort of plateaued. The numbers are similar. That's not what the second-year blues are. He no. should have dropped off by 5, 10 or something points on average. Yeah. He is consistently holding up that level of football, and he can go upwards from here. Yeah. And he's an elite distributor, an elite kick. Um, at the moment, he's playing in a team that the ball is in their defence a lot, so he's getting a lot of opportunity to rebound it. But over time, I think he will sort of creep up the field a little mm-hmm. bit to the wings. I think he will stay a defender his entire oh, he career. Will. Absolutely. I, the, the thing I really like about Witherden is, you know, you say that the ball is in Brisbane's back line a lot, but it's in there under pressure. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the sort of game at the moment where they can easily chip it around, get plus sixes and get those easy no. marks in there just yet. When they do, Alex Witherden is going to be the recipient of so many of those points. Yeah. Now, the danger, though, because he is such a good user, mm. is the tag. The forward tag. Very true. So that's probably the only thing that's keeping him this far down the list. But Otherwise, I think he'd be a lot higher. But if he... I mean, even with the forward tag, you know, it's... If you're that good a player to get a forward tag, you're very, very relevant in fantasy football. I mean... Yeah, but, I mean, the forward tag is... It's, it, it hurts. It possibly was the midfield tag it, because yeah. they aren't used to it as well. Exactly. Much. So, uh, but I, I love Alex Witherden, and he, he's a terrific player going forward. Uh, in keeper leagues, he has to be owned. He just has to. Yeah. Um, you don't get that many young defenders who can average that much. It's just no. a fact. Uh, all right, number five into the top five. We're getting there. We're getting interesting there. Interesting now. All right, uh, from the Gold Coast, another youngster, Braden Fiorini. Now he's a personal. Well, we we love this. This is guy. another guy I love. All right, all right. Give us some stats on him. Now he's a centre only from the Suns. Drafted 2015. Mm-hmm. He has played 21 games. That's, um, that's less than I thought as well. Yeah, he's had some injury issues, and also he only played two in his debut year. But those two did go for 111.5. Oh my god. Um, now. I've stuffed up my numbers here. This year, I believe he has played 13 games for 83.6. Yep. No, that was probably last year. And this year, he has played 88.2 off six games. Gotcha. Because yeah, he's a, missed a few games. That's the one. He has missed a few games this yeah. year. So he's 
So yeah, if you look at last year to this year, he's gone up about five points. Yeah, so he, there has been that progression there. But the other thing I really like about Braden Fiorini, I mean, we know that he's got an ability to track the ball. He just accumulates it. He's a brilliant accumulator. They'll get the ball into his hands when they can. I mean, But he goes and wins it himself as well. He he's does. not just an outside guy. He's a very well-rounded midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, the other thing is, you know, what's holding him back from being closer to the top uh, is, I mean, not the injury. This injury is a short-term one, yeah. and it's a, I believe it's a bone injury, so they heal generally a bit yeah. better than soft tissues. Um, it's the fact that he plays for Gold Coast, yes. who are a woeful side. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it will affect him, like, Tremendously, because yeah. someone's got to win it through the middle. They're not going to get zero touches. Exactly. Someone has to get it. And Braden Fiorini is one that will get some of those touches. Almost by accident. Exactly. <laughs> but um, it could stop him from, you know, uh, depending on how they progress, he could may- there could maybe be a situation where he doesn't turn into that 110 averaging player. Maybe he's just a 100 to 105 averaging midfielder. Yeah. I'd put money on him still being that 110. Oh, I, so I would think I. he's going to be amazing from a fantasy point we, of view. We both rank him very, very highly. And if you know someone is really uh, in your league owns Braden Fiorini, there have been those injury issues. He hasn't scored through the roof this year as a pure midfielder because he's not a forward or a back, obviously. Go after him. Try, mm. try and get him a little bit cheaper because he is going to be incredible in the years to come for keeper league owners. So... Watch this face with Braden Fury. All right, number four. Now, these guys, some of these guys are already elite, like yes. elite elite. So it's going to be hard to pry them away from, <laughs> from yeah. other, other teams. Very difficult. But, I mean, you just can't not include a list with these guys. All right, number four is Tom Phillips, who has been incredible this year. I mean, we saw what he was doing last year. So give us some stats and we'll, uh, we'll see what the numbers will look like. Yeah. So 36 games played. This year, he's averaging 99.9 off 12 games. For a 22-year-old. Last year, played 18 games for an average of 83.3. So, 99.9 as a 22-year-old. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, that's amazing. And that's including a 45-point concussion-affected game. Uh, He's been, uh, you know... I think last week he really struggled. Uh, him and Angus Brayshaw sort of tagged themselves, yeah. uh, played on each other, and both <laughs> nullified each other uh, exactly. quite well. Um, so I think they both scored around the 40s or the 50s. Um, so he's got some consistency to gain. Yes. As he progresses, as he gets older, he will gain more consistency. Um, I can see him turning into like a gaff sort of player, something, something towards that level. Yep where he is just one of the more consistent players who has a very high ceiling when he is on his game. Mm. Um, and as he does get that consistency, his basement, his will, basement will rise. Yep. So, I mean, I, I love Tom Phillips and what he's done this year. Yeah. So, so I'm sort of seeing him as side bottoms getting older. Mm. He's the new side bottom. Yeah, I like that. That's a great that's a great comparison as well. So, and, and we know what side bottoms done for his yep. entire career. Side bottoms probably better forward than Phillips is. Mm-hmm. But... He can sneak forward and, and steal the odd snag. And playing for Collingwood as well, he's not getting tagged. I mean, no. are you just going to leave Trelaw to run free? Are you, you going to leave Pendlebury? Because Pendlebury's got a few years yeah, in the yet to run free. By the time Pendlebury's gone, then you'll have Goey coming through there. Goey Adams. I mean, Crisp is yeah, looking never monstrous on the back line. So, yeah, true. Never <laughs> take never Adams. Never take <laughs> No, but Phillips is still way down that list as well. Yeah, so... I mean, he's just a great player now, and in the future, he's, he's going to be even better. All right, number three. Now, this, this one, is where it gets this really is, This good. is the top tier, and the, this took a lot of discussion to we decide between these top three. top three a lot. So, number three, and this is going to shock a lot of people who think might think he should be a little bit higher, Toby McLean. There is a reason for it. Yes, though. Toby McLean has been outstanding this year. So, give us. A, I want to see his numbers. What, what do they look like? Um, I can't find his numbers. Where are they? Oh, Toby McLean. Um, well, all I know is with Toby McLean. Oh, here they are. Oh, they right. are. So, centre forward for the Dogs, mm-hmm. drafted 2014. He's played 47 games. This year, he is averaging 100.9 off 12 games. Last oh. year, 85.6 off 19 games. One, He's averaging just a shade over 100. What an and absolute And a 15-point jump from last year to this it year. It is amazing. Now, that's obvious to see. He's playing pure midfield at the moment. And that's why he has slipped slightly. Yes. He's a forward at the moment. Mm-hmm. He is not going to be a forward next year. Nope. 
I don't think he'll be a forward again for a while. I don't think he. I don't think he'll ever become a forward again. Personally, uh, until uh, more towards the end of his career, because he is such a good midfielder. Uh, if yeah. if the Bulldogs are going to win the ball around the contest, they need guys like Toby McLean in and under. Yeah, because he is a good in and under player. He is. He's annoying to watch because he ducks a lot. Oh, we know but that. But he gets results, and he like he, yes, he ducks, but he's brave. He goes in and he, he gets the ball. Yeah, so he doesn't rely on the ducks. He just uses them. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, Toby McLean, we, we all know what he's done this year, last year, and you just mentioned that massive jump. But like you say, I, I'm worried about if he stays a midfielder, I I can honestly see this being his ceiling sort of thing as a midfielder. He will get slightly little, better. I reckon he'll get, he'll get a, a little, little bit better. better. 105 Yeah, maybe 105-ish average. average. But I just can't see him going up to that pure midfielder who's averaging 115 or so. Particularly not if he's got Bont and McRae in that midfield with him. Exactly, yeah. Those two are going to take the ball away from him a little bit. Yeah. Having said that, he's a really good user. Oh, he accumulates it. He's uh, he's surprisingly good overhead for quite a slightly built guy. Yeah, you don't get to number three on our top 20 list by being <laughs> by, yeah. by having too many downsides to you. This guy is elite, and he's going to be elite for some time. Um, so we'll go on to number two. Mm. Now, this oh, we, we love watching this guy play. I can't <laughs> get enough of it. Isaac Heaney from the Swans. Yes. Um, Centre forward from the Swans. Drafted 2014. He has played 63 games. Mm. This year, he is averaging smack bang in the Heaney zone. Oh, what's he doing? 98.4. 98.4. Right in that 95 to 100 Heaney zone. Yeah. 98.4 off 13 games. Last year, 92.2 off 18 games. Mm-hmm. Um the thing I like about Heaney, he's averaging almost 100, yep. and he's splitting his time between the midfield he, and the forward. He's he going to keep doing forward status. Yeah, he is doing some forward time this year, and I thought he was going to be a pure midfielder, but no, they are rotating a lot of their midfielders through the forward line, including Parker. I reckon he keeps forward status. So do I, um, at least for next year and maybe the year after. Yeah. Now, and that's what puts him ahead of McLean at this stage. It is, but also... Like I said with McLean, I can see that little bit of a ceiling on him in terms of, you know, maybe averaging 105, maybe just a shade over. I can't see a ceiling on Heaney. Like, watching yeah. watching that guy play, I've watched both of those guys play a lot this year. When Heaney is on, there's very few players in the competition like him. I mean, he outmuscles almost everyone. Yep. He, he racks up the ball. He can take huge marks. He tackles. He's in and under. He, uh, I mean, he can even get those little cheeky plus sixes on the outside as well because he runs to good spots. He's yeah. he's fantastic. Yeah, there, there is a lot to like there. <clears throat> For me, the concern, and it's not enough to put him down on this list because I love him, but yeah. the concern is there is a lot of Luke Parker about him. There is. Luke Parker also can take great contested marks, is brave, mm-hmm. he outmuscles people, he accumulates it, he uses it well, he can play multiple positions. Tackle machine, Tackle racks machine, up the ball and when he's played in the midfield. Gets injured a lot. So not enough to miss games, but enough to have niggles that slow him down throughout games. So, and we're starting to see that this, yeah. the last two, three years, yeah. after having played like a crazy man for the first however many years mm. of his career. That's the concern I have with Heaney. Yeah, so you're worried about possible injuries in the future. Longevity. From, from, yeah, um, I, I'd say the only other downside might be his coach. Also that. Longmire is one of the more inconsistent coaches to have uh, from a fantasy uh, from a fantasy point of view. Yeah. Um, you, sometimes you just don't know where he's going to put players on a particular day, and it really... Obviously, playing at the SCG quite a lot as well does affect some of the scoring. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, he's just too good to ignore he's Isaac He's amazing. Yeah, so Such a good player. In saying that, we're going to move on to our top pick. Now, this actually didn't take much thought at all. This was probably one of the easiest ones to yeah. think of. We both rate this guy incredibly high. Clayton Oliver. Yeah, he's it, just... Clayton Oliver is already one of the elite players of the AFL, and he's already working towards being a truly elite fantasy player. Yeah. So, centre only from the Demons. Drafted in 2015, he has played... 47 games. This year, he is averaging 107 off 12 games. Jesus. Last year, he averaged 101.6 off 22 games. <laughs> and the year before that, he averaged 68.9 off 13 games. That is a 32-point jump 
from first to second. So, so there first was, to second there year. was no like that. There was, was no the second complete year blues. opposite of second There was year a thirty-two point jump into his second to year to average over a hundred in the second year, and a further six-point jump to get to his third year. I, when I, he figures out he can kick the ball as well, oh my god! Because he handles so much, he is he's just a beast. Uh, there's nothing more you need to say about him. He is the perfect fantasy footballer. The only no, downside, no, no, not quite, not quite. Sorry, he handles too much. He does handle too much. Apologies. But barring that, he does everything else. He exactly. marks, he tackles a lot. He probably doesn't kick as many goals as you'd like, but no, but he does still he get up for that so yeah. much. And he just he has a big tank already as well. So yeah, while I can't see him, you know, like like we were talking about ceilings just before, mm. he does have <clears> a little <throat> bit more of one at some stage. But that's in saying that he's averaging 107 now. His ceiling might be 115, but that makes him truly elite still. Yeah, as an average, that he's going to be an incredible player for the length of his career, obviously yeah. barring injuries, touch wood. Yeah, and he can score huge amounts in a short amount of time. Yeah. So he he quite often has like a half of the game where he does most of his work. Mm-hmm. When he continues to build that tank, he's only in his third year and he's able to spread that out a little bit more. His 70-point halves might just end up being 120-point games. Yeah, it, it could be anything. He, he is going to be a brilliant player. So if you own Clayton Oliver... Do not let him go for, I mean, for the world. Unless an offer comes your way which is too good to pass up, Clayton Oliver is going to be brilliant for the length of his career. And that is our top 20 list. Yeah, so quickly run through it. Yeah. Um, from 20 to 1, number 20, Hopper. Yeah, we got Hopper, we got Kernow at number 18, Langdon. We have Callum Mills at 17. Sean Darcy at 16. Ben Ainsworth at 15 from Gold Coast. At 14 from the Doggies, we have English. Uh, 13, Cam Rayner. 12, the Truck Patrucker. I hate that nickname as well. That's <laughs> awful. Me neither. It's not um, Andrew McGrath at number 11. And then at number 10, Luke Ryan. Uh, Luke Ryan from Frio. We have Tim Taranto at number 9. Gus Brayshaw from the Demons at number 8. Jordan DeGoey at 7. Number 6, Alex Witherden from... Brisbane. Uh, we got Fiorini at number five as we close in on the top few. Tom Phillips at number four. Toby McLean, who's beasting it up this year at number three. Isaac Heaney at number two. And Clayton Oliver, who just was out and out, <laughs> out and out the easiest choice for number one. He's been yeah. fantastic. And this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it this. Has, it has. And of course, our honorable mentions, Fisher McCluggage. And Burton and Blakely yeah. as well. They and didn't make it on, but they're still good players. There were a whole range of other options that oh. we could have looked at, but yeah. we would have been here all day. Absolutely. So let us know what you thought, guys. Like we say, get in contact with us on uh, Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU. Did, uh, did one of your players not make it to the list? Did one of your players fall a little bit further down? Or did you just like the fact that we rated someone so high? Let us know and uh, we'd love to have a bit of a chat about fantasy footy. So we'll uh, we'll catch you again next week with the, uh, the regular podcast. So until then, have a great week of fantasy footy, guys. Enjoy.